Hey, strangers. Welcome to another episode of The Strange Sessions. I'm Krista, and with me is... Hmm. He always hmm. comes up with such a good word for me. <laughs> Not always. Uh, hmm. My... <laughs> I can't come up with anything. That's okay. My, Hi guys. Super, my super awesome co-host, Kurt. <laughs> That's good enough. How's that? Thank you. Hi, guys. I feel really lucky that we're even sitting in our studio right now. <laughs> yeah, we've had... I don't know. Some if, weather. Uh, we eight tornadoes touched on in the area. The area that we drove through to get here is a mess. Yeah, there's trees everywhere. There's trees that have fallen on people's houses. Yeah, like completely uprooted. And we're talking trees that are like huge, huge and mature. Like you can't wrap your own arms around kind of trees. Yeah, it's it's crazy. My coworker Sherry. Hey Sherry. Hope Hi Sherry. Hope you're digging yourself out. She had forty to fifty trees down, uprooted in her on her property the tornado went literally right through her acreage so, so but nuts. her house is totally intact and everybody's safe that's so. really the first time i've ever seen like the post tornado mm, yeah. devastation so it's that was different kinda, to see it on the news yeah and then to drive, drive through, through it is pretty put it into perspective i feel very lucky because messaged me yesterday that we weren't 100 percent sure the power would even still be right. on here at the school so mm-hmm. we're Luckily, okay yep everything's good we are okay yeah how are you? Good. Nothing new and exciting? Mm-mm. Wow. That was quick. Sorry. That's okay. I live a boring life. <laughs> so do I. Except for this podcast. I'm uh. sick with something else. I don't know if it's... I thought it was a cold because I had a really bad sore throat and all oh, the cold strep stuff. Strep is going around though. And I don't know if it's allergies. Mm. I'm all jacked up right now because I took a Claritin today. I've never oh. taken Claritin before. Y'all hopped up on I'm all hopped up on the sea. But no, that (laughs) made me, it made me like dizzy. And then I drank a coffee on the way here because I was tired. So now I'm kind of, eh. And now I'm drinking a relaxation drink. Oh, good. So I am going to be a hot, babbling mess by the end of this podcast. Sweet. So if I sound a little congested or stuffed up, I'm sorry. Or delirious. Or delirious. I don't know how that would be any different than the way I usually sound. (laughs) Do we have any housekeeping? No, we have shout outs. Shout outs. You you want to give shout outs to our newest members? Yep, I'll try not to mess up any names. There's only four of them. You should be okay. okay. So welcome to New Strangers, April Adams Moses, Allison Brackner-Wells, Kathy Land, and Troy Downing. Yep. And And April and Allison had a cute little discussion going on last night in The Strangers. So thank you guys so much for joining. We love having you here. And I want to give a personal shout out to Sophie and Adam for being here on the last podcast. They did awesome. I don't remember if we really talked about it during the podcast, but that was kind of Sophie's birthday gift was... Yeah, I think we did. She, yeah, totally she asked did. Adam to go uh, to take a trip somewhere, and he picked coming here, and they went across on the car ferry. So it was just so nice having them here, and they did such a good job. I so, thought so they totally want to come back. Yeah. So thank you so much, guys, for being here. We miss you. Wish you were here again tonight with us. Totally. Any, do you have any shout-outs? <sighs> I don't think so. If I if I had a dollar for everybody that listened to the episode that contacted me and said, what were Sophie's other stories that she didn't want to talk oh, about? I know, I'm right? like, no, no, that's, yeah. that's... Except me. I get to hear it. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll hear one of them. The, one Sophie of the ones that she told me. To she gave, me. Yes, she did. But uh, yeah, they're, they're really personal and they're really creepy and I'm totally cool with not... Well, I get why she doesn't want to share it yep. too. So you don't have any shout outs or anything? I don't think so. It's, it's tough because... We go two weeks between recording, and so it's I, 
sitting here trying to remember if we talked about something last time that came up on the strangers that I wanted to mention, but I know I always think there's stuff that pops up that it's like we gotta talk about that during the episode, and then when we notes. get here talking, yeah, I need to make notes or something. Totally forget. Thank you everybody for the birthday wishes. That was very nice. Yes, hope so. you had a good birthday. It sounds like you did. I did. Yeah, my husband and I spent the day in kind of our old stomping grounds where we lived for a little while, so it was fun. Nice did some shopping. Very nice. Were we yeah, gonna you... talk about the Detloff Pass thing? Yeah, uh, there's I a. I guess that's housekeeping. Yeah, there's a link on in the strangers group mm-hmm. that I think they found a piece of metal that they're trying to figure out if that was possibly part of a weapon or something that is responsible for their deaths. Right, or related somehow. Yeah, so we have a link to that on the strangers in our Facebook closed Facebook group, the strangers, and we'll keep an eye on that. And if something major develops, we'll definitely let you guys know. And I know Bridget had mentioned the U.S. sort of version. We are going to discuss that in an okay. upcoming episode. I don't know anything about it. so I'm I don't either. And oh, a couple okay. people have requested it. <laughs> Hopefully so you will by the time we record. <laughs> we're thinking about doing something for our 20th episode. This is only our 14th, so we still got a ways to go. Mm-hmm. But we're thinking about doing something. It's going to be one of two things. Either we're going to have a contest where the person that wins the contest gets to pick the topic for the 20th episode, whatever they pick, we're going to discuss. Paranormal or not, we're It can be geology. It, it can yeah, be oh anything. And whatever they pick, we'll discuss on the 20th episode. Or we're going to do a poll in the Facebook group, The Strangers, that people can add stuff to the poll, and whatever people vote gets the most votes is going to be the 20th episode topic. Okay. So it's going to be one of those. We don't really know yet what we're going to do. Sounds good. Our, our next episode is, this is important, our next episode is listener stories. So that will be two weeks from when you are hearing this episode. So if you guys have any stories you want read on there, please let us know. We've already got a couple. We have one for Brittany's on that we forgot the first time. One uh, from Stephanie, Troy. my friend Stephanie, sent one. Yep, Troy Hamilton is sending us an MP3 yep. to play. I know a couple people said, I got a couple other ones from other strangers too. So yeah, you we're can either s- send to our Gmail account, thestrangesessions at gmail.com, or send us a private message on yeah. Facebook. Or show up drunk at, at Krista's house at 3 a.m. and just tell her what happened. In like <laughs> she, a really long, drawn-out story. long, drawn-out, yeah. drunken. <laughs> so she'd love that. And accuse me a lot of a lot of stuff yeah. while you're at it. And then start crying. Yeah. It's always good. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so Something to look forward to. Next episode, listener stories. I'll be hounding some of you to, that said you were going to send He's us He's going to show up at your place I'll drunk. show up at your place drunk on, my, on a big Claritin high. <laughs> Drunk on Claritin. Drunk on Claritin. <laughs> Your nasal passages will be super clear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. So next, epi- next episode, listener stories. Mm-hmm. We're going to hit you up. We're still working. I still have to get around to... S- I'm waiting for the second batch of stickers. There, I did two designs that I ordered. Um, so as soon as we get the second batch, I will get everything set up. And we actually have a date scheduled to make t-shirts. We're not buying t-shirts. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. Yeah. At the end of September, um, Jeff and Joe from Old School Media and Paranormal Palaver and Sherry, our fan and coworker, uh, we're going to get together and make Strange Sessions t-shirts that we'll be selling as well. So once we get all of that stuff done, then we'll set up a little shop. I don't know if it'll be on our website or where we'll do that but we'll figure it out i want a strange sessions cut off t-shirt mesh <laughs> kind mesh? Of mesh. Yes. mesh cut off t-shirt love it that with would, tassels somehow <laughs> yeah, we'll throw tassels in there yeah, some kind we'll of figure fringe. it out <laughs> love it neon green do we, do we have any <laughs> other news or anything no. i feel like we're forgetting something i'm so tired we always today. T- we, i know we're both like out of it tonight we always talk on the ride here what we're going to talk about we got to discuss this we got to discuss this yeah we get and then once like, we get it rolling we're like uh i don't know 
<laughs> so uh, thank you as always strangers in the strangers group for posting so much you guys are awesome yeah i love getting notifications that really somebody posted something yeah. yeah really good content so, so if you are not in our group, the strangers, and you, you listen be. to our show, you should be. You're missing out on a lot of really good conversation and just articles that get posted that deal with the stories that we're talking about. So. And a big thank you, too, to Quinn. Quinn actually oh, yeah. emailed us because we had a discussion. We had no idea who this person if was. If it was a, a guy or a girl, and turns out it's a girl. It's a girl. But she just isn't on social media, but she really enjoys listening to the podcast, yeah. which is awesome. And like I said, I forget that we actually have people that... We're so used to interacting with people in the strangers group that right. we forget that there's other people that <laughs> that listen. Sorry, guys. So thank you guys for yeah, listening. Thank you. No matter how you listen. We're just you, excited to have you. You know, if you're crouched outside the window here listening to us, whatever. <laughs> the glass to the window. <laughs> <laughs> so thank oh, you guys for that. You got that. the room bugged, whatever. <laughs> I don't think it's bugged. Probably no. a CIA because we talk about some. We do. Men in Black have been here for sure. Men in Black. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to say that I've had no weird Zozo-related incidents oh, since we discussed Zozo? it in the last episode. Yeah, me either. So that was a plus. Not no even scratches. Any weird dreams or anything. So I haven't. Had, I've had dreams, but I haven't had any weird Zozo-esque Mm-mm. dreams. Just weird dreams. Hazozo. Hazozo. What else do we have? We have a taste test. We do have a taste. I feel like we're forgetting something. I totally feel like <laughs> we're forgetting something. Oh well. <laughs> oh well <laughs> we'll remember halfway through the episode sure. and we'll be like oh and uh, oh by the way uh for tonight's taste test we have a box that was sent to us by our awesome stranger melissa that i'm good friends with she Stop sent melissa. us she sent us a box of miscellaneous asian stuff from an asian market near where she lives so we have lots of cool asian yeah i'm excited we're never gonna run out of taste tests no but we got to get the google translate thing down on our phone because we don't know if we're gonna if i'm gonna eat something that has are you gonna do that now no (laughs) you're just gonna wing it i'm just gonna wing it if i die all right that's that's ratings right there if i die on this one i'm sure a lot more people would download it sort of no cpr (laughs) (laughs) i don't think it would really help you I've had a good run. Like I said, Joe's wife lives just a few blocks over and she's a nurse. We'll just We really should have an EpiPen. Probably. But You want to get on top of that? I don't, I don't have any allergies, so it's not something I think of. I took a Claritin, so I should be fine. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's how that works. All right. Am I'm I good. trying this creamed corn? We're going to both try that. Oh, okay. But I've already had that one. That is from Liz's box. Okay. But it's something you and Corey have tried. Yeah, before. because Corey, my brother and I, uh, one year for Christmas... My sister-in-law got us a monthly subscription box full of Japanese snacks and stuff. And some of their stuff is amazingly good. Oh, that's interesting. You know, and all the different flavors of Kit Kats were just crazy. Ooh. Like the green tea Kit Kats. That would be really good. Yeah. Actually, I th- my my coach at work, we call our bosses coaches, she took a trip to somewhere in Asia and brought back some interesting candy. And I yeah. remember now the green tea Kit Kat was yep. one of them. It was yeah, really good. It was really good. So we're going to reach into the mystery box of Asian goodness. Magical mystery tour box. Ooh, oh, the look on your face right now. This is a drink. Do you want to do a drink? Oh, sure. Why not? Oh, it's I've had looking. This. I have it's, Corey it's and I actually have had this. It's Calpico soda. This is like, a, this is like soda. one of the biggest sodas in Japan Okay, is Calpico. All right. Should we, a, should we try this and then wash it down with Calpico? Yeah, there's an okay. Asian mall near Chicago. 
called Mitsua. And Corey and I try to get down there whenever we're there. And every time we go, I have to buy a bunch of Calpicos because I really like this. What's the flavor? It's hard to explain. It's like yogurty. Oh, but it's, it's, like, a it's soda? A, yeah, it's like a different kind of soda. Carbonated yogurt. You want to take a picture? <laughs> yeah. This I have had plenty of times, and I am happy to have it again because I really like it. Apparently, it's delightfully satisfying. That's what it says on here. Delightfully satisfying. Maybe my Strange Sessions t-shirts would say delightfully satisfying on the front. <laughs> yeah. All right. And our other item we have is from Liz's box of Asian goodies. This one I've had before, too. This is like a wafer. It's kind of like a big Cheeto, like a big cheese puff Cheeto. It's light as air. Yeah. It's, it's like got a really the, cute wrapper, though. You know what I'm talking about with the Cheetos, yeah. the, like the puffy ones? Yeah. It's like a big one like that, but it tastes like cream corn. Okay. I'm going to open it, and I'm going to... Ooh. Weird. Yeah. It looks like a Funyun. Like a long... Like a long Like a long, funyun. hard Funyun. <laughs> That's really funny. All right. I'm going to break this bad boy in half. Bust it in half. It's like styrofoam. Yeah, like the that's what it's like. Oh, got it. Sorry, I got my fingers all over it. That's all right. I trust your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Okay, you ready? Oh, it smells good. Yeah. Ready? I'm ready. It's really good. Mm. It tastes exactly like cream corn. Crunchy creamed corn. And the thing is, I hate cream corn. Mm. I absolutely hate cream corn, but I love this. It also reminds me a little bit of a Funyun. Yeah. Huh. Whenever we would get this in our Asian food box that Corey and I got, we were super happy because we love these. This was like one of our favorite things to get. It's really good. It's like sweet and savory. It's salty. It's, a little, it's salty. It's sweet. And crunchy. And it's very <laughs> cream corny. <laughs> it's very cream corny. I yeah. mean, it like literally tastes like cream corn. Yeah, I think when we first figured out that's what it was before we tasted it, we thought it would be like lightly cream corn flavored, mm. but no, this is full on cream corn. Mm. It's really good. It's delightful. It this is, really is delightfully satisfying. Mm hmm. Hmm. Oh, it right. was really good. That was really good. All right. Oh, you got to pour me some of the delightfully satisfying Kelpico. Kelpico carbonated. I know you're not a fan of carbonation. But for our listeners, I'll give it a whirl. I can't. I don't know what I would describe the taste as. It's like fruity yogurty. Okay. Yep. Just a little bit. I gotta, I gotta give give it a whiff. So weird. <laughs> it smells fruity. Yeah. Ready? Okay. Oh. It's just like it's like fruit punchy. Yeah, like fruit punchy, but more mild. Yeah. Hmm. But it's good. It is good. Yeah, I used to get like six packs of this at the place and bring them back up here and drink them at work. It almost reminds me of like a sweet tart. In yeah, a like drink a sweet form. tart. Hmm. Now Car- my mouth tastes like tastes sure. like it's cream weird corn and, and milky sweet looking. Tarts. Yeah, it's it's like a. It's not very appetizing to I've look at. I see it described as yogurty, like yogurty. I don't know if yogurty is mm. a word. I don't get any kind of yogurt from it. Just the color, because it's like a milky, watered down. It's like a watered down milk. It's that's like a milky white substance. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound appetizing <laughs> at all. That face you made. Mm, it's actually really good. It is. Uh-huh. 
We'll maybe reach mm. in there and grab something else later because we have a lot of stuff in these we boxes. Do. I mean, this is going to last us. Those were two good ones. Seasons, what do you think? The the cream corn wafer. Um. I give it like a nine. Yeah, I easily give I mean, it a nine, really if not good. a ten, because I don't even like cream corn, but I really like that. Yeah. So props I'm, I'm going to give it a ten. I'm actually going to give it a ten. Is this So this is Japanese? Yes. Props to them for coming up with all these really strange yeah. ideas for snack food, because you're not going to find this at you know Walmart. No. Totally giving That's it a ten. That's up there with the uh, peanut butter, jelly, and soda that I gave oh, a yeah, that ten was good to. Stuff. I don't think I've given anything a ten yet, have no. I? No. I'm stingy with you're, my tens. You're, you're rude that way. I'm rude. And the Calpico, what do you give it? Um, I give that like a seven, just because I don't like carbonated stuff. I give it a nine. <laughs> you did say it was one of your favorites. It though, is. So. I really like it. I, it tastes much better than it looks. I will say that. I think so. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. It, it looks like what I imagine... Elka seltzer looks like once you drop it into a cup <laughs> it of water. Is what El- that is what Elka seltzer <laughs> okay. looks like. I'm, I know that for a fact. Kurt would know. <laughs> <laughs> would know. All right, I think we got all that out of the way. All I taste now is like cream corn, mm-hmm. but it's good. It's good. Yeah, cream corn is one of those things that I think my dad told me when I turned ten, I didn't have to eat it anymore, and that is the last time I ate <laughs> 10 it. Ten is the magic number. I've huh? had like people's homemade cream corn, which is really good. It's just the stuff. I'd in rather the, just eat corn. The stuff in the can is just makes me grilled corn, like Ooh, gag. Yeah, real stuff. corn on the cob is amazing. Mm. Yum yum. Moving on to Bigfoot. Moving on to Bigfoot. I'm so excited. I've only been talking. You better not disappoint me, Kurt. No pressure. <laughs> it's gonna I'm save. just kidding. If I had a dollar every time somebody <laughs> said, you better not disappoint me, Kurt. <laughs> when it comes to our episodes, you don't disappoint. Well, thank you. This one, I struggled with what we were going to do because there's a lot of stuff out there. there so basically, Bigfoot's a I'm, big deal. I'm doing one story. We're only going to do one story. The rest is going to be And the rest down. is just like a real surface discussion of Bigfoot. We're not yeah. delving too much into it because that would take way too much time. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a future episode that is devoted just to Bigfoot stories because there is literally thousands, hundreds of thousands of them. I'm so excited for that. So we will have that in a separate episode right now. Just think of this as Bigfoot 101. Mm-hmm. This is like your primer for Bigfoot. But I'm going to start it with a story because I thought the story was fitting because it bridges our last episode <gasps> into Ooh, this episode. Okay. I'm ready. So here we go. Bigfoot. On a summer night in 1995, a girl named Laura decided to have a slumber party with three of her high school friends, Beth, Brooke, and Allison. Brooke's older brother possessed a 1940s vintage Ouija board, and she surprised the friends by pulling it out of her bag when she arrived at Laura's. Oh, here we go. Laura admitted that none of the four girls had any real idea how to use the board, aside from, quote, what we had seen in horror movies. Nevertheless, they improvised to the best of their abilities, pulled out a wine glass, placed it in the center of the board, and placed their index fingers on top of it. They asked the usual questions that a group of teenagers would ask, stuff about relatives that have died or about what the boys at school thought about them. They never really received any responses, but the power inexplicably went out twice that night. Laura stated that after her friends had departed the following morning and after the all-night slumber party was over, a feeling of dread began to build within her, but for reasons she could not explain. That dread only increased when, once again, the electricity went out at about 6 o'clock p.m. the following night. Then, just after she bid her parents goodnight and retired to her bedroom, 
Laura heard a strange animalistic scream and the sounds of something moving through the brush coming from the direction of a small wooded area near her home. She opened her bedroom window, looked out, but nothing could be seen in the overwhelming blackness. Still feeling somewhat disturbed, Laura climbed into bed. Around 2 o'clock a.m., Laura was woken by what she said was, quote, the grossest smelling thing ever, like an old rotting cabbage. She was about to reach for her bedside lamp when she could see, silhouetted across the room and crouched in the corner, a large black man-like figure that seemed hunched over and had huge long arms and big white eyes. She attempted to scream for her parents, but she said it was like I had been paralyzed. I was sitting up, but I could not speak or move at all. Worse still, the hairy creature slowly moved towards her and stopped about eight or nine inches from her face. Laura said that it looked, quote, just like Bigfoot, a big hairy thing that I couldn't tell if it was a monkey or a man. The beast stared intently into her eyes for several moments and then backed away, getting to a point where its black form was practically indistinguishable from the shadows of the far wall, and it eventually disappeared like it had been sucked into the shadows. As soon as they hear the word paralyzed, though, I think sleep paralysis. Yep. Interestingly, Laura explained that although the monster had terrified her, she did not get the impression that it was hostile. Rather, she felt, but could not precisely explain why, that the Bigfoot-like creature had manifested with the specific intent of warning her not to get mixed up with ghosts and Ouija boards. Hmm. So that's a nice little bridge between our last Ouija board episode and the Bigfoot. I feel like that's some really liberal interpretation on her part. Yeah. Bigfoot came to warn yeah. her about Ouija boards. I'm yeah, but sure you I know, like basically that thing that I saw in my bedroom when I was a kid, that green guy did the same thing where he came up and was like inches away from my face and then nothing. Yeah, but you didn't take from that, hey, stop screwing around with Ouija boards, did no. you? Okay. No. I don't know what I took from that. <laughs> lifetime of... A pair of dirty underwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A pair of dirty underwear and a lifetime of fascination with the paranormal. Right. <laughs> You know, this is not the first story I've heard where Ouija board and Bigfoot are in the oh, same Oh, yeah, story. there's a, quite a few yeah. of them, actually. And uh, I don't have it in here, but there were there's a lot of stories, too, where people that witness Bigfoot are visited by men in black shortly mm-hmm. after. There's so that ties into another one of our yeah, episodes. And there's an alien tie to yes, it, too. Yes, we'll get into that. This is the first story that I've heard, and I've heard a lot of Bigfoot stories because I'm a huge fan of the Sasquatch Chronicles. Um, that's where callers call the guy, I think his name is Wes, is the host, and they tell him stories that have happened to him. I've never heard a story where Bigfoot actually was inside the house. They're oh, always outside I've or heard somewhere of a on the where property. I've Bigfoot is inside the really? property. Or yep. trying to get in. That's usually what I hear. So that it's interesting that there was no harm done or anything like that, you know? But we'll get to that too in the in the lot there's a lot of like common factors well, tons, in Bigfoot yeah. visitations the and smell. whatnot. Yeah. The smell is one of them, for and sure. And a big disclaimer, Krista's a hardcore Bigfoot believer. And well, I'm I don't know if I'm a hardcore Bigfoot believer. Cause I am someone who needs to see it to believe it one hundred percent. But I love the idea of it, and I find it so fascinating, and I love hearing stories about it. That I totally it. agree with. I'm more of a, I'm a kind of a hardcore Bigfoot skeptic. Skeptic, yeah. To me, it's so plausible, though, because it could just be, and I'm sure this is one of the theories, a species. Yeah, that, that, that will pop up in theories. Okay. Not necessarily paranormal, no, just no, something that, that's out yeah, there. Yeah. So here we go. Okay. Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Although there have been reports of... Bigfoot. Bigfoot. (laughs) No relation to Huzozo. 
Although there have been reports of strange man-like creatures in the woods since the start of written history, the story of what we know as Bigfoot is most widely considered to have started in 1958. Ooh, a famous film, perhaps? No. Oh, no. dang. You're way ahead of yourself, girl. <laughs> oh, was that in the 70s? 60s. Oh. Late 60s. Got my decades all mixed up. In 1958. That year... Journalist Andrew Genzoli of the Humboldt Times received a letter from a reader stating that loggers in Northern California had been discovering mysterious large footprints around their logging camps. Do you want to see the donkey? Can I see the donkey? He's right there. Oh, I want to see the donkey. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to interrupt you because I turned and I thought it was a deer and then I realized it's the donkey. Look through the trees. Oh my God. <laughs> Isn't he cute? I've never seen him before. I haven't seen the donkey. Cutie patootie. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. It was worth the interruption. I'm right? actually going to start over. Ready? Yep. That year, 1958, journalist Andrew Genzoli of the Humboldt Times received a letter from a reader stating that loggers in Northern California had been discovering mysterious, large footprints around their logging camps. Genzoli thought it would be a humorous story that wouldn't be taken seriously by readers, so he printed it in the paper. Instead, readers were fascinated with the story. Realizing that people loved the story, Genzoli and fellow Humboldt Times journalist Betty Allen published follow-up articles about the footprints. On October 5th, 1958, the Humboldt Times printed construction worker Jerry Crew's story of mysterious footprints that he had found in Bluff Creek, California, along with a picture of him holding up the footprint cast, which spans more than half the length of his upper body. So it's wow, pretty big. that's a big foot. Yep. The text accompanying the photo states, quote, new Sasquatch found, it's called Bigfoot, which is the name that Crew and his friends use while trying to imagine what manner of creature could have caused a footprint that large. The name stuck and, of course, is still used to this day. I did not. I was not even aware of this origin story yep. here. Okay. Yep. Uh, it said logging company, but it was basically like a construction okay. slash logging company and... Apparently, they had bulldozers that one day they came in and around the bulldozers were all these big footprints. Wow. So, uh, Jerry Crew is the one that got, a, got the stuff to make a plaster mold of the footprints and had his story in the paper. Word of the creature got out even more the following year with a 1959 article in True Magazine. The article called, quote, The Strange Story of America's Abominable Snowman described the discovery of the large, mysterious footprints the year before in Bluff Creek. And then, in 1967, again in Bluff Creek, California, one of the most recognizable pieces of Bigfoot lore happened. What do you think that is? The Gimli. Yep. It is the film that everybody has seen. The Mm -hmm. Lumbering Bigfoot. Yes, the the Lumbering Bigfoot. Uh, It's usually called the Patterson film. I've usually seen it called the Patterson film, but I've seen it called the Patterson-Gimlin film, too. That's what it is, yep. But you guys have to know what we're talking about. You've probably seen where he's like shambling away from the camera and turns and looks back. Yep. It's like through the woods and on the other side of a creek or something? On the other side of a creek. Willow Creek. Yep. There's a really good movie called Willow Creek. Creek. In October 1967, Roger Patterson and his friend Bob Gimlin set out for the Six Rivers National Forest in far northern California. Patterson wanted to find Bigfoot, and he chose the area because of intermittent reports of the creatures in the past and of their enormous footprints since 1958. In the early afternoon of Friday, October 20th, 1967, Patterson and Gimlin were riding their horses northeast, upstream, on horseback along the east bank of Bluff Creek. 
at some time between 1.15 and 1.40 p.m., they came to an overturned tree with a large root system at a turn in the creek. When they rounded it, there was a log jam of uh, branches and sticks left over from the flood of 64. On the other side of that log jam, they spotted a figure standing, like crouching behind the log jam. Uh, According to the men, it was either crouching beside the creek to their left or standing there on the opposite bank. They kind of had differing opinions on that. Okay. They then took out their cameras and shot the well-known footage of the creature that became known as Patty. I never knew that that was called Mm, Patty. Patty? That creature was called Patty. Okay. Because of Patterson. Mm. People believe, and I never knew knew this, and I actually had a look at pictures of it, and I'm like, yeah. People believe that Patty was female due to it having visible breasts. And it does. Yeah, I never noticed that that. before. Hmm. Frame 352, which has the famous look back of the creature, has become one of the most iconic images of Bigfoot lore and paranormal lore in general. Very true. After witnessing the creature, Patterson and Gimlin made plaster casts of the footprints left behind from the creature they saw. According to some accounts I read, the creature went down a trail and like around into the woods, and one of them wanted to go after it with the camera. But the other one kind of stopped him because he said he didn't know if there would be more of these creatures waiting over there. Right. But that is the the footage that everybody knows. That's what kind of started the whole Bigfoot ball of wax. You know, I actually think it almost adds validity to their story that the two of them had slightly different recollections of what happened. Because you would think that if they were making this up, they would agree upon... This is yeah. what happened, and they, they work all that out ahead of time. Both of them swore up and down until the day they died that yeah. they but did not. But it's interesting that one saw him stand, her standing, one saw her crouching, and they stuck to that yeah. because you'd think they'd want to yeah. corroborate their yeah. stories. But they, they swore that it was not that they saw that. Wow. And I totally believe them, but that doesn't mean it wasn't a hoax. We'll get to that. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, We'll get right. to that in a, mm-hmm. in a little bit. Throughout the 70s and 80s, there was a strange shift in people's attitudes about Bigfoot. In 1972, the film, The Legend of Boggy Creek, about a Bigfoot-like creature roaming the woods of Arkansas, brought even more attention to the Bigfoot phenomenon and caused people living near wooded areas to be afraid to venture into the woods or to even let their pets out to go to the bathroom. There was a huge Bigfoot craze in the 70s, resulting in the creation of board games based on Bigfoot, hundreds and hundreds of books about Bigfoot. Board games? Yeah, Bigfoot board games. (laughs) They had some of them. I was looking at some of them on eBay. Really? Yep. And on TV shows like In Search Of, which were hosted by Leonard Nimoy, that did episodes about the Bigfoot phenomenon. Bigfoot was also memorably featured on the show, The Six Million Dollar Man, which oh, Casey I don't remember Casey that. brought that up in The Strangers. Because, yeah. yeah, I, I mean, know the name, but I don't remember it. I totally do, because I watched Six Million Dollar Man. about Harry and was, the Hendersons? We'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Bigfoot was also memorably featured on the show, The Six Million Dollar Man, fighting the main character and ultimately being revealed as actually being a bionic robot from another planet. Mm. And then, as the 70s neared the 80s, people began to become much more sympathetic to Bigfoot. Where Bigfoot once fought the $6 million man, they eventually became friends and teamed up in later episodes. In 1977, a Saturday morning live-action show called Bigfoot and Wild Boy premiered that featured a heroic Bigfoot protecting the planet from aliens, evil yetis, and vampires. Isn't a Yeti just a Bigfoot, yeah, though? Yeah, but it was a bad oh. Bigfoot, apparently. And I think they're white. I put the Bigfoot Wild Boy uh, opening credits on in the Strangers group. Okay. And it's really 70s, really 70s <laughs> yeah. disco beat and everything. Then, in 1987, the film Harry and the Hendersons finally cemented Bigfoot's place as a friendly, lovable lug. Well, yeah. 
Yep. Within the last decade, Bigfoot has once again come to the forefront with the boom in reality television. Shows like Finding Bigfoot, Mountain Monsters, $10 million Bigfoot Bounty, and Out of the Woods all brought Bigfoot and Bigfoot hunting back into the spotlight. I've watched... Um... Finding Bigfoot? Yeah, That I was kind Finding of a big Bigfoot, one. I think yeah. there's a Killing Bigfoot, too. I think I remember mm-hmm. seeing that. I think it's Finding Bigfoot. And there's a woman on that. Do you I ever watch so. him? No. Because I think she, so one of them, of course, is like a scientist and a skeptic. And yeah. they, it's an interesting group of people. I like it. They never find anything. No. It's I, like, I love all of Josh Gates' shows. Yeah. But he, but he never, never finds, finds anything. anything. No. <laughs> it's just like, why do I watch this? But it's because I love him and he's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. But. but no, I never really got into watching the Bigfoot shows. Mm-hmm. I'm just not that. There was one show called Bigfootville that was like a documentary. I want to say it was an hour and a half hmm. hour documentary about Oklahoma, about Bigfoot sightings in Oklahoma. And they actually had some footage and stuff on there that kind of made me go, hmm. huh, that's weird. I'll have to look that up. So here are some common Bigfoot traits. Okay. Adults are believed to be six to eight feet tall. They are believed to have the strength equivalent to 10 to 15 humans. They have above average night vision and a very advanced sense of smell. Sure. That I hear quite often. Mm -hmm. They communicate through wood banging, rock throwing, stone piles, or screaming animal-like cries or human-sounding gibberish. It's called knocking, Kurt. Tree knocking or eerie (laughs) screams alert us to their presence until we get close enough where they might offer a glimpse before they vanish seemingly into thin air. So maybe you're going to talk about this, but there are some recordings that you can hear of the There are some creepy ass, there's some creepy ass recordings. Yeah, the gibberish recording gives you the chills. I'm not going to lie. There's some creepy ass recordings. Some of the calls are really creepy. Yep. Yep. It doesn't sound Skeptic or not, I don't ever want to hear that in the woods in the middle of the night. Absolutely not. I don't even want to hear the tree knocking because I would immediately equate that to Bigfoot. Next, uh, like some people I know in real life, they are often accompanied by a noxious odor. <laughs> yep. They are believed to eat anything, including animals, plants, and garbage. So back to the odor, though, real quick. It's usually like a musky, like a really strong I've heard musky, musky smell. I've heard rotting. Yep, Somebody I've said heard that like too. a rotting carcass. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seem to be very interested in children. In documented cases where children have showed no fear, Bigfoot has supposedly made repeated attempts in an apparent attempt at friendship, which is cute. What's up, little guy? Yep. Let's hang out. And here's a couple weird ones I found. I'll hang out. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) Weird Bigfoot stuff. Male Male creatures have been described as having unusually small manhoods. Oh, that's unfortunate. I feel you, my Bigfoot brother. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, mating season is March through April, as there are numerous reports of witnesses stumbling across two Bigfoot creatures mating in March. <laughs> okay. That's awkward. And then we get into the whole Bigfoot erotica stuff, oh, which God. has been in the news, and I don't get it. There, so I've talked about Dave Schrader quite a bit. Yeah. Um, by the way, I can't believe I didn't tell you this. I followed him via the Strange Sessions on Twitter, and he followed us back. And really? And Dave Schrader's, like, kind of a big deal in nice. the paranormal world, like the podcasting world. He had a nice. live radio show, too. But he had a guest on his show, uh, a woman who claimed to have been <laughs> having sex with Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of weird sexual got, stories about, he, I mean, like, real, like, supposedly... Yeah, women having relationships. She was crazy, though, and he ended up having to hang up on her because she was was getting crazy. It was the weirdest episode I've ever heard. Yeah, there's there's lots of reports. There's a lot of sexual-based reports about Bigfoot. So weird. 
But the whole Bigfoot erotica stuff, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. Hey, whatever jerks your bobber is your <laughs> business. Jerks your bobber. That's your business, but oh, Lord. I, whatever. Uh, supposedly in 1890s, a live Bigfoot was captured in Brazil, and the people that captured it fed it bananas, nuts, and berries, and the creature happily ate the nuts and berries, but seemed to hate the bananas. Seems like a contradiction. Yeah, you would think that it would be. For like an ape like creature. Yeah. And the last weird one I found says Bigfoots have been found to be immune to pepper spray and are known of being incapable of sneezing. <laughs> Is that like you not being able to burp? Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm maybe it's like I'm like a descendant. Would anybody be immune to pepper spray? <laughs> I'm not, not if you had eyes, I wouldn't think. <laughs> right. And By how the way, do they know he can't sneeze? I just you know, do they follow it, him around and do, do they blow pepper in his face? I just don't understand it. <laughs> um <laughs> Speaking of burping, I just burped up some cream of corn. Nice. <laughs> it actually tasted nice. pretty good. But yeah, I've seen a couple reports saying that hmm. it had very small genitals. Okay. You know. Well, pepper a, spray, good for humans It and had a jack foot. link, so to speak. <laughs> but uh, some of the reports said that it didn't have testicles, that it appeared not to have testicles. That's so, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're inside somewhere. Yeah, like how close do you have to be, you know? <laughs> Excuse me, can you bend over? Let me take a look. I don't know. <laughs> I found it. In just, all the erotica, just, there's just no a, mention of balls. A random <laughs> thing, but I found, I was doing a Google search on Bigfoot evidence, mm-hmm. and I did an image search, and I came across a picture of a guy pointing at a pile of poop on the ground. Sure. That, scat. that, that was so Bigfoot, Bigfoot scat. scat. Yeah. Yep. So I just thought that was a funny picture, and I was mm-hmm. going to post it in the group, but I didn't. So yeah, that's... You should. Those are some of the... You know, the the weird common facts, you know, there's so much out there about Bigfoot. A lot of it follows the same thing where it just disappears. The people try to maybe follow it. It's I didn't have this in there, but a lot of people said that they're overwhelmed with this sense of fear. Mm -hmm. Like it's like a psychic thing almost like it gives off this sense of I've definitely heard that. Mm -hmm. And now we get into theories, which we have two basic theories. I'm sure you know what they are. Mm -hmm. Theory number one. Bigfoot exists. One of the theories, sub-theory A, is that it is a highly evolved North American ape. Bigfoot may trace his family tree back to a giant 10-foot-tall ape species known as Gigantopithecus blackie. This massive creature went extinct around 100,000 years ago, but some researchers speculate that Giganto may have evolved into what we call the Yeti in Asia. Yeti ancestors may then have followed ancient humans across the Bering Land Bridge to North America during the time of the last ice age. Hmm. This accounts for two similar creatures, the Sasquatch and the Yeti, existing so far apart, which kind of makes sense. And it gives us an explanation for our Bigfoot. There's no fossil records of apes in North America, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Fossils don't preserve well in forests, and there are many scavengers to clean up any carcasses. They said if something dies in the woods, they said within less than a week, it can be gone, bones scattered all over the place. However, it's hard to explain how such a large creature could leave so few clues that it exists. In the end, this theory still presents us with a flesh and blood creature that biologists ought to be able to track down. Hmm. Which is totally true. You know, if, if it, is, it is this huge ape, there should be sightings of it somewhere. Well, you there know, are. like I'm, I'm talking like. <laughs> Quote unquote I'm, credible sightings. Yeah, I'm talking like <laughs> credible sightings. Well, it's an intelligent being. Yeah. Potentially. Yep. yep. And our woods are vast and deep. 
Yeah. They are lovely, and dark, and deep. <laughs> good poem. <laughs> yeah. That's so the thing them. is that I've never been to like a big national park. I've been to... Think of Alaska. I've been to Point Beach State Park, <laughs> right, which yeah. isn't that the big. The Kettle Moraines. Or Kettle you know? Moraine, which isn't that big. But I've never been to a Yellowstone. I've never been... Well, even I've never been... About, you know, a lot of the Bigfoot stuff is in the Pacific Northwest, like sure. Oregon and stuff yep. like that. And I, I guess I just have no comprehension of right. what that wilderness is like because what, i've never the been there of it. I've, or the vastness of it when i think of woods i think of the woods that i walk through my mm-hmm. trail where it's not that big and yeah, you, but you had just a little, few hours up north and you've got like the nicolay forest yeah that, that is huge you yeah. could easily get lost yeah. in there for days yeah. and that's in wisconsin but there's 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 woods around the world where you know tribes still live that have never had contact with humans right. so there it's feasible that there's something there. something there and if it's intelligent and it it doesn't want to be found. It won't be found. Right. Yep. That's why, you know, I think maybe they bury their dead. That's why we don't find bones. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I steal one of your theories? <laughs> the worst. <laughs> Subtheory B, it's another species of human. The deep forest and remote mountains of the world could hide a few evolutionary offshoots. Homo heidelbergensis is an extinct human ancestor that lived half a million years ago. Researchers originally believed that they were a very robust species. Most of them were around six feet tall, but it's believed that some specific populations may have reached seven feet taller or more. This would explain a few things, such as the human-like intelligence Bigfoot is said to possess for one. H. Heidelbergensis learned to fear Homo sapiens. It would make sense that it would try to hide from us at all costs. It's such a hard word to say. H. Heidelberg and Nisus are also believed to have buried their dead, which may account for the lack of physical evidence, as Krista said. Sorry, I didn't mean to bogart your... Whatever. Uh, we'll talk about theory. that after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but there should still be some podcast... Some podcast... <laughs> Jeez. There should, <sighs> but there should still be some evidence somewhere. I feel like there is. <laughs> it's just no, unless it comes from a scientist, nobody wants to believe that it's evidence. But s- discuss what okay. we think. C, uh, sub theory C, I kind of like this one. Okay. Bigfoot is an ancient forest spirit. Some researchers believe this is the case. It would explain how it is untraceable since it doesn't truly exist in the natural world. It may also be able to mesmerize witnesses. Many Bigfoot witnesses say that even though they see it for 30 seconds or more, after the encounter, they are unable to say why they didn't immediately go for their phones to snap a photo or to record video. They say that for some reason, it just never occurred to them at the time. Some Native American groups also believe Bigfoot is a spirit. In an early issue of the Bigfoot newsletter called The Track Record, Gail Highpine surveyed the various attitudes of North American tribes towards Bigfoot. Lakota, Dakota, and Ojibwe consider him a spirit guide and a harbinger who brings signs or messages that there is a need to change, a need to cleanse. One Dakota tribe member told a local newspaper, they exist in a higher dimension from us, but can appear in this dimension whenever they have a reason to. High Pine also alludes to a common Bigfoot theme, psychic powers. The existence of Bigfoot is taken for granted throughout Native North America. It's so ours powerful psychic abilities. Native elders say that Bigfoot knows when humans are searching for him and that he chooses when and to whom to make an appearance and that his psychic powers account for his ability to elude the white man's efforts to capture him or hunt him down. Hmm. Some Native American groups believe that he could be standing right in front of you, but because of its psychic powers, you would not see him. My, my... I like the idea of it being a forest 
spirit. My problem with that is that so many reports are that um, Bigfoot is like eating their crops, eating from their, their apple tree or eating animals. It's like, why would a spirit steal food? <laughs> True. <laughs> you know, it, 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 a lot of times the reports um, indicate behavior that... Animalistic type behavior. Yeah. But I like the idea of it being like a protector of the woods sure. because that's kind of where it's seen. Yeah. But I like that theory. I don't buy it. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I like just, I like that theory. There's not enough evidence to point in that direction, I don't think. From eyewitnesses. Yeah. Yep. Sub theory D. What do you think this one is? You knew aliens. this one had to be in there. It's gotta be aliens. Bigfoot is an alien. There does seem to be a correlation between Bigfoot sightings and UFO sightings. Yep. Maybe these Sasquatch creatures are a type of experiment. Aliens would possibly leave them on our planet for a while and then collect them again after a period of time. Since they are apparently so similar to us, the alien visitors may be able to see all kind of results that exposure to our earthly atmosphere has had on them. Hmm. In a 1997 interview with Bigfoot Encounters, researcher Peter Gatilla related the following story about a rural Seattle man's experience. Under hypnosis, he told of watching two UFO knots descend from beneath a huge hovering disc-shaped UFO and walk casually into the woods, followed by a tall, hair-covered, ape-like creature that seemed subservient to them. He called them UFO knots? UFO knots. Okay. For weeks preceding the experience, the witness said he was often woken at night by a loud whirring noise that originated under his home. Neighbors also heard the whirring sound, which was caught on tape, and in one of the recordings, a high-pitched wailing cry can be heard behind the drone of the sound maker. In another instance, in Cincinnati, Ohio, in 1973, a woman named Rifa Hetfield and her daughter were awakened in the middle of the night to a beam of light extending down from a bulbous umbrella shape in the sky. As they watched the light touch down on the edge of a nearby woods, the two noticed a grayish ape-like creature wandering out of the woods towards the beam. Before they knew it, both the ape and the craft had disappeared. Hmm. So it's possible that there's either some tie there. Or maybe an alien race is somehow attempting to reverse engineer human DNA. And this Bigfoot creature is the closest thing they've been able to come up with so far. That's <laughs> why, why, why it would, they would drop it here. I don't know. Hmm. Also, some people believe aliens need gold and other precious metals to power their spacecraft. However... Martians are sadly lacking in the muscle department, and they created the Bigfoot creatures to do the mining, gathering, and lifting of the materials they ah, need. They're the laborers. They are the laborers. Mm. Do they so have a union? I don't know. There is like a lot of weird correlation between yeah, UFO I've sightings and Bigfoot. Definitely heard that. I don't know if I buy it, but I don't know. I feel like <laughs> I don't know. I just don't feel like aliens with their technology. If that is what you know. Yeah. Why would they need yeah. Bigfoot? I mean, they're apparently abducting people, do so why work. do they need... Right. But there is a strange correlation between UFOs yep. and Bigfoot. Some Maybe they're trying to figure out what Bigfoot is, too. Yeah, I mean, that's very possible. <laughs> they're know. like, what the hell is this thing? We thought, you know, we took a bunch of humans, we took a bunch of cows, we have no idea what this thing is. <laughs> yeah. Sub-theory E, Bigfoot is a trans-dimensional monster. Some Bigfoot sightings have been accompanied not just by lights in the sky, but also with weird flashes of lights in the woods. Also, sometimes his massive footprints just end as if he were walking along and just disappeared. Some people even claim to have seen a Bigfoot vanish into thin air and believe that he may be warping in and out of our dimension. Hmm. Don't know about the logistics of that, but I kind of <laughs> buy that because that could explain why he's not here all the time. 
He goes back to Skinwalker Ranch. <laughs> yeah, he's staying at Skinwalker <laughs> Ranch. Sub theory F. Wow, that's a lot of sub theory. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Sub theory F, he is a monster with cloaking abilities like in the movie Predator. Mm. Uh, some people believe that the military has a special unit that is at war with these monsters, just like okay. in the movie Predator. Okay. Uh, believers say that there are photos they have taken of Bigfoot that supposedly show nothing, but if you look hard enough at these images, you can supposedly see Bigfoot's outline similar to how the Predator appears in the 1987 action film. I feel like that's just basic. Exactly. Pareidolia. Right, just how, seeing, yeah. Or, well, just like how some a lot of species, like there's a, a, I don't know what it is, but it's a grasshopper or something that literally looks like a stick. Yeah, because the walk, it's how walking stick. It, yeah, walking yeah. stick. That's how it blends into its environment yeah. as a protection thing. I don't think that means it has a cloaking <laughs> device. It's just camouflage. Yeah, but if Bigfoot looks like an ape and all of a sudden he's there one second and gone, he can turn on his cloaking device well, like the predator. He walks really fast. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, these people also claim that a special ops military group is tasked with dispatching these monsters and erasing any evidence of them. I'm going to go with a no on that one. seems like so much effort. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like there's better things our military could be spending their time on. Yeah, but this is a special ops Bigfoot like hunting military. ISIS. Sure. Yeah. But you never know. I'm still going to go with a yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. One. How many more subgroups or sub theories are there? One more. Okay. Sub theory G. They are biblical beings. Biblical. Okay, I've never heard this before. Yep. The Journal of Mormon History published an investigation into stories suggesting that the Bigfoot creature is actually Cain from the Bible who murdered Adam and Eve's other son, Abel. The main source that usually is used to back this theory is the reminiscence of Abraham Smoot of a story from one of the church's first apostles, David W. Patton. Patton claimed that in 1835, he encountered Cain himself walking alongside the road. He wrote, quote, As I was riding along the road on my mule, I suddenly noticed a very strange personage walking beside me. His head was about even with my shoulders, even as I sat in my saddle. He wore no clothing, but was covered with hair. His skin was very dark. I asked him where he dwelt, and he replied that he had no home, that he was a wanderer on the earth and traveled to and fro. He said that he was a very miserable creature indeed, and that he had earnestly sought death during his sojourn upon the earth, but that he could not die, and his mission was to destroy the souls of men. About the time that he expressed himself thus, I rebuked him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by virtue of the holy priesthood, and commanded him to go hence, and he immediately departed out of my sight. He probably was like, oh man, it's one of those Bible bumpers, yeah, I'm out of here. probably. <laughs> so that's one of the theories, is that it's actually Cain from the Bible that's just... Hanging out. Cursed to roam the earth and not die. Is he like Santa Claus? He can be in like a whole bunch of places at once then? I don't know. I don't know how Kane works. <laughs> but I just feel like there's too many sightings in different areas. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's using a vortex. I don't know. Another theory circulating around the kingdom of Bigfootdom is that the idea that the Bigfoot are actually the Nephilim mentioned in the Old Testament. Allegedly, the Nephilim are supposed to be the offspring of fallen angels who mated with female humans. Nephilim were described as being very tall, but that's about all there is for that theory. Not hairy? Not hairy and mm-hmm. looking like apes. I don't like it. So those are the, those are the theories as it, that it exists. Okay. A lot of scientists, professors, and animal researchers do 100% believe that Bigfoot does exist. 
Dr. Jeff Meldrum, a professor of human anatomy at Idaho State University, studied the plaster Bigfoot casts as well as analyzed the Patterson-Gimlin footage and claims that he 100% believes that that is a real creature, hmm. that it is not a human. Dr. John Bindernagel is a long-serving wildlife biologist who has spent years researching sightings in British Columbia and has come to exists, claiming that he even heard a Bigfoot vocalizing in 1992. Bindernagel. Theory two, Bigfoot does not exist. Here we come to the controversial topic of Ray Wallace. Ray Wallace owned the company that Jerry Crew, the originator of the Bigfoot story, worked for. After Wallace's death in November of 2002, his family admitted that the original footprints found by Jerry Crew were a hoax. They said that in 1958, Wallace had a pair of large wooden feet carved from wood, large wooden feet carved from wood, <laughs> 16 inches long and shaped like the feet of some large ambiguous mammal. He put the fake feet on and stamped around in the mud by the bulldozer where he knew the prints would be spotted. One of Wallace's kids even claimed to still have the original wooden feet. It's also said that Wallace himself was the one who told Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin where they would be able to catch a Bigfoot to film. Oh and it's said that the Bigfoot they caught in their famous film is actually Wallace's wife in a gorilla suit that they made. Wow. Wallace went on to create many other Bigfoot-related hoaxes in his life, such as promising to sell a captured Bigfoot to a millionaire, producing hundreds of faked Bigfoot images, and claiming in 1995 that he had evidence that the hairy creature was a big fan of Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't blame him. Kellogg's Frosted Flakes rules. They're gross. Okay. <laughs> I'd be so disappointed <laughs> if you didn't do that. Michael Wallace said his father called a Patterson film, quote, a fake, and said that he had nothing to do with it. But he said that his mother admitted that she had been photographed several times in a fake Bigfoot suit. Michael went on to say of his father, quote, he had several people that he used in his movies. Hmm. So, I don't know. But really, all this is really kind of hinting towards is that the patty faked. Yeah. Not that Bigfoot yep. doesn't exist. But that is one of the big things that started the whole ball of wax rolling for the Bigfoot stuff. But I feel like but if, if he people faked, would be seeing Bigfoot anyway, whether that film existed or not. If he faked both the footprints around the bulldozer and managed to fake the Patterson film, that's basically where the, those two things are where the whole thing sprang up from. Mm -hmm. uh, Bigfoot believers quickly point out that the wooden feet that the family produced as the original fake feet were nothing like the actual footprints that were found, and that even if they were the same, the fake feet would not be able to fake the depth and stride of the Bluff Creek tracks. A man named John Green has offered $100,000 to anyone who can recreate the tracks the Wallaces claim their deceased father created. The Wallace family aren't able to do it. One of the Wallace family members nearly killed himself trying to do it as he was towed behind a pickup truck while wearing the wooden feet in front of media cameras. Oh my God. So the jury is still kind of out on Ray Wallace and his involvement. A lot of people, a lot of the true Bigfoot believers think that Ray Wallace claiming that he hoaxed it is the hoax itself, that he didn't hoax it. Yeah. So trying to draw attention away from yes, trying to draw attention to himself, and but he, he never he never claimed he always stated that he did not fake it. Okay, it was after he died that his family finally admitted that he faked it. Decided to throw him under the bus, basically. Uh, and this next one is the big thing that is my big reason for kind of not believing it. There's never been any real biological evidence like bodies, bones, skin, hairs, or DNA found. Professor Mark Wilson says, quote, to have an animal be real in the world of science, we have to have some real part of that animal, and in this case, there's nothing, nothing at all. 
the lack of any physical evidence is probably the biggest strike against Bigfoot existing. He goes on to say that any kind of hominid, like a Bigfoot, would need a significant population of hundreds of individuals just to reproduce. He says we should have a ton of them out there, and we don't. That we know of. Some other arguments against Bigfoot include the fact that the photographic and video evidence is always <laughs> pretty poor, and that it's the same with ghosts. It's the same with anything. UFOs. It's the same with anything. Yeah. You know, phones are, my camera is amazing on my iPhone. It's like, why can't people get good, a good, clear right. selfie of them with the Bigfoot or whatever? <laughs> you right. know, they're just all these blurry things in the distance. Yeah. Um, but another thing that goes along with that, and we'll get into that later. Uh, another argument against it is that they don't really fit into the food chain. Scientists have proven that Sasquatches would need to number in at least tens of thousands to sustain themselves over the years through breeding. If these thousands of creatures are all eating 5,000 calories worth of meat or plants every day, where is the deficit in the animals or plants they are eating? And the last thing that people say is that it's way too big to go unnoticed. That, you know, if you have these huge ape-like things lumbering around in the woods, they're going to be noticed more often than they actually are. I, you know what though? I, I mean, there are literally thousands of witnesses. There thousands. are thousands. But and let's get let's get into the, the last people, thing here. Well, I was just gonna say those are just the people telling their stories. Yep. Not everybody talks nope. about these things. Let's get into the last thing here. Bigfoot, yay or nay? Oh, I say. Well, I don't know. I'm again. I need to see something for myself to 100% believe in it. But I don't understand how there are like so many witnesses, and they're not all. Crazy for cocoa, cuckoo for cocoa puffs. No, and out of all those theories, I want to go back to all the theories too, because to me the most logical theory is that it's just a species of flesh and blood walking this earth's intelligent species that lives deep in the woods and doesn't want to be found. But my thing is, if they are a flesh and blood species, there should be more flesh and blood found by them, left by them. That's not. There's, there's, there has to be more evidence that these things are out there. There just has to be. It makes no sense to me that nobody has ever stumbled across. You know, granted, you know, one of the people said that if you stumble across a random bone on the trail when you're out for a walk, right. you're not going to assume it's a Bigfoot. You're going to assume no, it's from some animal and you're just going to let it there and not right. touch it. And maybe I've they come across on my trail that I walk on, I've come across bones and and stuff. And I, it just is like, oh, it's probably a deer bone you, or something like that. And, you know, I just, Jim and I just watched a, a TV show on Discovery Channel or something where they were talking about how like a, a species of bird that we thought was extinct for a really long time was just discovered as not extinct. No, and that's one Stuff of the, like that happens all the one time. One of the arguments said that there's a lot of species that are discovered. Not just in the deepest depths no, of the ocean. But they said that the species that the new species that are discovered are, are always small. They're always a small insect or a bird. It's not uh, I've seen something it's not that necessarily was like, an ape sized creature. I thought I saw something that was like related to like the zebra or some weird thing that lives like in the outback and wherever that was recently discovered was I, I don't know. It's not always small. I'm just saying that I really think if they're intelligent and they bury their dead and they don't want to be found, they don't want to leave evidence behind, they won't. I guess I can. I mean, I understand that. I just think that and I think there, w- that there, there would have been people seeing them. There would have been some trace or somebody would have stumbled across one and got a better picture of it or, 
you know, or maybe the people that stumble across them are the ones that are missing 411 <laughs> stories that right. just vanish. That I mean, that's very possible, too. I totally get what you're saying, too, but you, how many people do we here have encounters with something that terrifies them and they don't have the presence of mind to take a photo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I totally agree with that. I just, you know, going going back through the theories and stuff, I, I like the theory that it's a paranormal creature. I like that theory because that answers for me why it'll just disappear mm-hmm. or why it pops in and then pops out and there's no evidence of it. Mm-hmm. I don't really, maybe it's some kind of weird human ape offshoot that has like this rudimentary power where it can go to a different dimension or it can do something or it can teleport Mm -hmm. that i mean that makes sense to me just because that would answer why people don't get evidence of this thing being out there Mm -hmm. you would think there'd be a skull a big skull or something like that but again, that goes into my my small worldview where I've never been in a right. I've never been in the Pacific Northwest. I've never been in a huge, huge wilderness where where there's literally like five thousand. No, everyone that I've been in, <laughs> it would take you maybe six hours at most to walk from one end to the other if you got lost. Yeah, not some place that you know like Blair Witch Project like where days. you'd be, you got, could be lost gone in the middle weeks. of the woods. Yeah. I've never been in a place like that. But I think, like you said, if if it is if it does have this intelligence that that's where it would go because it knows that. It can be, it can keep away from man there. Mm-hmm. So I get that. I just think too with this era of drones and satellite imagery and night vision helicopters flying around that you would be able to get some kind of evidence of this thing. If they're looking, you know, how many helicopters are flying over the thousands of square miles of forest? Yeah, well, that's true. Of seriously that's true, but heavy... how many times are they out there looking for a missing person, a missing hiker or something? You think they would get more false positives of something lumbering through the woods. But at the same time, I, I'm picturing something that's intelligent and can probably hear you coming from pretty far away. True. And probably knows how... Th- you're in their territory. Yeah. They know where to go. They know where to hide. You're in their, you know... They're the home team. You're the away team. <laughs> I mean, some of I these obviously want to believe. Yeah. So, I, you but know. I mean, some of these re- some of the reports and stories I've read are really legitimate. I mean, they there's of course the kooks that you know oh, yeah. have sex with they them or sex walk in them. and walk in on them. You know, a male and female doing Sasquatch yeah, style crazy. in the middle of the woods in <laughs> mid March. But there's some really credible, like police officer. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some really credible, and a lot of them have the same traits in these stories that you hear mm-hmm. you know the there's smell a lot of common themes the smell all that stuff so there's well, and the show that i said before sasquatch chronicles i really recommend people check that out because you you can really hear the fear in the voices of the people who call in i've heard people start crying because the they were so traumatized by the experience yeah and it's you know, it's such a relief for them to finally get it out. They've never told anybody before. They've told people and they don't believe them. And to listen to that show is so comforting to these people because they think they're the only people who've had these experiences. And like you said earlier, there's probably a lot of people that just won't talk about it. that don't want to bring it up that actually might've had good, good solid encounters with it and just don't want to speak about it. A lot of times. and, And, and you hear stories about, like a group of guys who are out hunting deep in the woods and they all see the same thing and none of them will admit to it or talk about it except the one person who's willing to talk and is like, none of them will even speak to me about yeah. this yep. because they don't want people to think they're crazy. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I, I, 
I don't know. I really don't know where I stand on this because I would say I'm, my... I'm skeptical, but I also realize that it's my small mindedness that's yeah. making me skeptical that there's enough stories out there that I believe. I there's believe that be these people saw something and not everything that people see is going to be an upright walking bear. Right. You know, I, I think how I would describe my belief is that I really want to believe. I just really want to believe for some reason. I, don't I feel know like why. you really want to believe, but you could also see how it could exist. Totally. That's kind of, that's, yeah. And I guess I just have a hard part with the no solid evidence thing. I just think that there would be something that there, people would have found something other than these shaky camera footage mm-hmm. videos or, and it doesn't, another thing that doesn't help my, skepticism is that every couple of years something shows up in the news somebody's got somebody's got a body to sell somebody or somebody's got a dna sample and it's always it's always ends up being a hoax right people who want to make money yeah so i mean that kind of feeds into my skepticism too i mean i'm skeptical but not 100 percent skeptical because Mm -hmm. there's enough stories i can see i can see an intelligent creature doing what it's doing Staying away from man, burying its dead. I mean, just think of the idea of a mountain man. We've had enough. I remember in just the last few years, there was a man who was like a fugitive and he was living in the mountains. Yep. And people would just have a sighting of him every once in a while, but it's not like he was leaving evidence behind him. They didn't know where he was staying deep in the woods. I think eventually he was captured because he kept venturing out to get food and stuff. But... I mean, nobody saw him for weeks on end and didn't know where he was going. And what's the difference? That's a very good analogy, actually. It's not like he's that's, leaving that's hair actually, behind. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hair <you know>. or <laughs> scat. Right. Fugitive scat. Right. But yeah, no, that's a good analogy. I mean, I I tend to be skeptical about it, but I am not 100% skeptical. Mm-hmm. I think that there is a chance that there's something out there that people are seeing something. But part of me feels like if they are really seeing what they're seeing, that I feel like this thing has some kind of paranormal something to do with it. It could. You know, whether yeah. it could be... Well, humans have psychic you know, like, abilities. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say, that, that <laughs> so. a lot of people think that we used to have very well... Developed re- psychic Very well-developed yeah. psychic abilities, but as we evolved, we kind of didn't need those anymore, so we don't use them anymore. And it's very possible that this creature could still have those psychic abilities and know if somebody's coming looking for it or if somebody's there and then... Just hide. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's uh, go looking for him. We should. Okay. So trip. that's kind of where we stand. You want to believe and you can see how it can exist. Mm-hmm. And I'm skeptical, but... Have you ever listened to Sasquatch Chronicles? No. You should do me a favor and just listen to one episode. I will. Don't do it when he has like a, a somebody who wrote a book or something. Listen to episodes where people call in with their stories. But I, the more that we do this podcast, the more I look stuff up, the more... You're more skeptical now. I'm skeptical because people are jerks. There's people that'll poke stuff just for the sheer fact of... Like the lady just, who was hoaxing just, the... Just to be a dick. Yeah, the shadow person or the alien who looked in her window. That whole thing that Tobias... Yeah. Yeah, but that's uncovered. different because that wasn't more. That wasn't as much a hoax as it was like a viral marketing thing. Right. And that's that's starting to get to be a thing too is that mm-hmm. so much of this stuff turns out to be viral marketing that when something actually happens you're like it's gonna end up being some stupid some stupid alternate reality game or some viral marketing so don't even pay attention to it it's mm-hmm. just like that stuff you know the viral marketing the the people hoaxing just for the sakes of being 
dicks. Dicks is is <laughs> is what move. ruins what ruins all this stuff. Mm-hmm. People who fake UFO footage just to get their name in the news and right. stuff. So it's well, just it kind of disheartening. Well, it takes away from the legitimacy of the stories that are true. It does. I mean, I it would be so frustrating to have a a encounter like that and then have nobody believe you because it sounds it's so crazy. So many times, you yeah. know. Like, one of the reasons Sophie didn't want to talk about some of her stories is because she didn't want people to think she was nuts. Right. And it's just, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that that, it has to be like that, but Uh that's the way it turns out. And all of these Bigfoot stories cannot be hoaxes. They can't all be, you know, somebody sees a a possum in the woods walking on its hind legs and thinks (laughs) it's a Bigfoot. A tiny, tiny Bigfoot. Tiny, (laughs) tiny Bigfoot. Cute little Bigfoot. So... you know, it's like UFOs. There's You can explain away a lot of it, but that leaves a percentage that you can't explain. And I kind of feel like that's what's going on with this Bigfoot mm-hmm. thing too. So I think there is something to it. I just don't know what. And I need to get over my personal skepticism of it. Mm-hmm. We could do a pretty good hoax. I, I work with a guy who's literally probably six foot seven or eight. Has to duck. Literally has to duck to walk through doorways. Wow. Put a Bigfoot suit on that dude. But get some. Sh- I like mean, behind he, the school, he lumbers. Could, he doesn't get, walk. He lumbers. <laughs> behind the school, we could get some shaky <laughs> right? phone camera. Him in the distance. You know, like one of the things that I watched a couple times was there's a nature center somewhere in a woods where it has what? a a nature center in a woods. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a nature center in the woods, <laughs> and it has a continuously running webcam on an eagle's nest that's there okay yeah and off to the side you can see the woods Mm -hmm. and one day they caught what looks like a bigfoot like come into the frame down there and he kind of wanders around he climbs on top of this log then jumps off of it and then scampers away and it it, the common consensus sounds too stable. the common consensus is that it was somebody that knew the camera was Mm -hmm. there and put on an ape suit and went out there and and that you know, that so just it's sound, just jumps on a log. That's yeah. like somebody performing. That's there. what somebody said. It looked like somebody doing a Bigfoot impression. Mm-hmm. And it's just stuff like that. Like there's so much out there that's all that's hoaxed mm-hmm. and and faked. So it's just frustrating. Well, I would love to hear if any of our listeners has had a Bigfoot encounter. Yes. And what do you guys think of Bigfoot? And if I you're mean, not a stranger, don't be afraid to reach out to us through our email. Yes. Our Gmail account, the strange sessions at gmail.com. Yes. Yep. We would love to hear. I am so fascinated by this. And I, if any of our listeners have ever had a Bigfoot encounter or know somebody who has and you don't mind relaying their story, I would love to hear yeah, it. Yeah, I'm actually really curious to hear what you guys think of this because I think I know some of you guys believe it and some of you guys don't. Mm-hmm. I just really want to know what you think because this is one that I'm very much on the fence about. The skepticism part of me says no, but the part of me that wants to believe in it says there's something there. Hmm. So what do you guys think? I mean, I'm very curious to hear what the strangers think about Bigfoot. Cool. Cool. And I want to end this on an awesome quote from author Chris Van Allsburg. Okay. Wrote the Polar Express. Oh. Yep. Great movie. His quote is, and I love this quote, the inclination to believe in the fantastic may strike some as a failure in logic or gullibility, but it's really a gift. A world that might have Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster is clearly superior to a world that definitely does not. Love that. I do too. That's something that applies to pretty much everything we talk about. Yeah, on the it, show. Re- it really so does. Really and I mean, cool. I think that's what a lot of this is. And I always go back to that episode of the X-Files, that new one with the, the Mandela effect mm-hmm. where 
it was one of those funny episodes where at the end the alien comes down and he rides a Segway out of his <laughs> UFO. <laughs> okay. And he gives Mulder a big book called The Truth and it has every all the truth about everything and there are UFOs and all that and mm-hmm. Mulder looks pages through it and then like has a breakdown because there's nothing left for him to... Oh. That everything is answered so there's nothing left for him to look for. Right, and I feel like that's what a lot for. of this is. You know, a lot of this stuff like Bigfoot, say Bigfoot is just a myth... I think myths like this are necessary almost to keep us sane because otherwise you just have this humdrum, non-magical, boring life. Well, and that's that's all you have. And I think... I think that fuels why a lot of people get into paranormal investigation. You want to go out and find tangible evidence of something beyond yeah. the normal humdrum yeah mundane life it is and because you don't want this to be all there is right i mean i don't can't be all there is (laughs) as i I, I can say i'm skeptical about bigfoot but i don't want bigfoot to not exist i don't want ufos to not exist i Mm -hmm. don't want ghosts to not exist because i want that mystery Mm -hmm. i want there to be something unseen behind all of this rather than everything we see that's a great point i love it yep so i love that quote i think that's a magnificent quote so yeah Cool. On to listener questions. Yeah, I'm excited. Where are we gonna like do I said, this was a this. I know this didn't go into depth a lot about Bigfoot, but it's very hard to know where to draw the line right. with this because you could get into. Well, I think you I could get into anthropology studies oh, about sure. whether Bigfoot exists. You could get into yeah. the stories, and I wanted to get into more stories, but then that would have took up a lot of time. And I think we need to do the background before you. Yes, do Yes, before stories. we actually do the Bigfoot stories, which will be coming up sometime in the future. So this is just like I said, Bigfoot 101. This is what this is the surface. We haven't jumped. We haven't delved beneath the surface yet. Right. So hopefully it was okay. Okay. On to I liked it. Thank you. On to <laughs> That's all that matters. On to listener <laughs> questions. You guys have asked a lot because, like I said, last time I checked, I think we had like 15 or 16, and now we're up to 28. So wow. we are getting some Love questions. It. Can you explain to people who aren't on social media what they have to do to ask these questions? Not off the top of my head because we <laughs> What's have the, the name of the app. It's called QOOH.me. Okay. Next time we do the episode, I'll have the address written down where they can... Yeah, because I'd like to... Yeah, because the only people that really ask us questions are on, in the strangers group because that's where the link the is link to is this. The link is in there, yeah. It'd so, be nice for our non-social media listeners yeah. to join in the fun. That's me being very pro-strangers group and forgetting <laughs> that we have people that don't... Discriminating. I'm very discriminating. I'm sorry. <laughs> Next time we have an episode, I will have the actual address where you guys can write in questions. And it's been really good questions. Yeah. They have been really good ones. Uh-huh. So tonight's question, maybe one or two, depending on how much time we have. Stop. I don't know if we answered this one. Okay. I'll be the judge of that. I feel like we should have. Okay. Here's the question that I don't know if we answered. Expanding on the question at the end of the Detlov Pass episode, would you rather know the date of your death or the cause of your death? We haven't done that one, have we? If we did, I'm sorry. I just don't remember doing this one. I don't remember either. I think we've had similar. Yeah, we've had similar, but I think that's where they said expanding on the question at the end of Detlov Pass, which is a kind of a similar question somebody asked, would you rather know the date of your death or the cause of your death? I think the person that asked us the other question was, do you want to know when? Yes. So we'll answer this one. I don't think we already did. If we did, I apologize, but we'll do this and another question. Would Would you rather know the date of your death or the cause of your death? Those are two horrible options. 
I'd rather know the cause, I guess, because if I knew the date, it would just <laughs> loom over me yeah, every I, single day. Yep. I, ugh, I don't know. But what if it's like beheading? Is the yeah, what if it's some horrible death, <laughs> decapitation, and that's all? No, you're because if think about. if it said car accident, I would literally be afraid to drive exactly. every day of my life that I had remaining. This is a this is uh, a. I w- I would still. Stick you guys are good. You guys are good with these these stumpers. These stumpers. I feel like it's still for me a cause because there's no timeline attached to it, and I I can't handle a deadline. I don't yeah, like. I don't know if no. I can handle knowing how I'm gonna die. What if it's peacefully in your sleep? What if it's not? <laughs> right. What if it's getting shot? Stabbed to death. Oh. <laughs> Chris, Chris is laughing. Chris is laughing other. because we're just kind of. <laughs> we're both horrified by this question. Against oh. against my better judgment, I'm gonna say I would rather know the date, the date. of my death. Because if I knew I was going to die in some horrible way, yeah, I think that would weigh on me heavier than knowing the date I was going to die. This, at the Plus, I would like to know how much time you have left. Yeah. At the Plus, same, then I could do all sorts of stupid crap and know I'm not going <laughs> to die before then. At the same time, though, I feel like the thing that scares me the most is the unknown. And as that date approached, it would be less about the date. And it would become more about every possibility running through my head. Like, is it going to be this? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be this? I would just rather know what it was going to be and not know if it was going to be tomorrow or 20 years from now. It's weird you say that because I could kind of prepare yourself for the exact I, thing. When I think about it, I don't think that I'm as afraid of the unknown oh, as afraid I of how like it's going to be. I'm af- I'm, I think I'm more afraid of how it's going to happen more than I am about what's going to happen after it happens. Oh, I'm not afraid of what's going to happen after. I'm afraid of not knowing what's going to happen. After you die? No. Before. I'm not afraid of that. I'm not really afraid. You're of not afraid of what's going to happen after you die? I don't think so. I know there's more. I just know there's more because I've experienced too much of the paranormal to not know there's more. I don't more. know. I feel like I'm losing that. I feel like I think that this is it. But if it is... You're not going to know that. No, I know. I, I feel <laughs> like it could be like going to sleep. To like, I don't about. know when I fall asleep. To me, the fear of unknown comes from not knowing if I'm going to die some horrible, painful death <laughs> yeah. or peacefully in my sleep. Because your imagination is so much worse than reality. That's why movies like The Blair Witch are so scary to me because they don't actually show you anything. All of yeah. it's in your head. It's yeah. what your crazy ass mind comes up with instead. I just think it would mess me up knowing how I was going to die, but it wouldn't mess me up as bad knowing when I'm going to die. Mm. So I'm going to say I would rather know when. And we I disagree would, on that yeah, one. Yeah, we do. I'd rather right. know how. I hope this isn't a future question, but I actually thought about this the other day. When the tornado sirens were going off like crazy, I, Chris and I talked about this on the way here. I was in my shower. <laughs> and I'm thinking... I was it making ac- dinner. <laughs> it, actually, it actually popped in my head. Like, you know, what if I had to run outside in the storm or something like that? Mm-hmm. Not well naked in the shower, but that's not part of what I'm talking about. Yeah. But I'm thinking if I'm thinking if I had to choose a way to die, I think getting struck by lightning would be okay. I think that, that would be horrible. How it would be super quick, and it's kind of a badass way to die. Plus, I feel like there's always a one in a million chance you'll live and have some weird superpower. I, there has been quite a few people in the news lately who've been struck by lightning and lived. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I think if I had to pick a way to go out, I think it would be struck by lightning. I think uh, that would be a cool would way be to dying die. peacefully in my sleep. Well, I'm saying other than that. <laughs> other oh, than that. Okay. <laughs> but I don't know if I want to die in my sleep either because I do. the thought of that, it scares oh, yeah. me thinking of falling asleep and never getting up. At least they're not suffering though. Yeah. But you're not going to suffer if you get zapped on the noggin with a lightning I feel like bolt. It's probably going to hurt for a little bit. I know. That's got to be like an instant knockout. I don't know. I, I just wanna, popped in I my head. Find out. That's the stuff that runs through my head when I'm taking a shower. We were talking about the tornado too and how horrifying it would, I would be to not be lifted wanna, off I would the ground. I would not want that. I would not. That's flung around like a know, rag doll through the air and impaled on a tree. Up hundreds of miles away. Well, yeah. not hundreds of miles away, but no, that's that's not on I have my a fear of heights. <laughs> so that's <laughs> just like a whole bag of scary to me. And I've had uh, nightmares about tornadoes since I was a kid. Get it? We'll get away from the death stuff. Yeah. You want to do another question? Another question. What is the most credible UFO story you have ever heard? Uh, from a coworker of mine, actually. And probably because I know him. Yeah. And because I wanted him to come on Paranormal Palaver to talk about it, and he didn't want to. Okay, so then you so can't talk about who, it. Oh, I can. I'm just not going to say his name. Oh. Um, it's the people who want to get out there and tell everybody what they saw that I'm yeah. skeptical of. Yeah. It's the people who like to keep it quiet. So he, my coworker saw, and this was like 10, 15 years ago, he and several people saw the classic triangular shape UFO. Um, just hovered for a few minutes over wherever they were, and, and it flew away. I think it had lights, a light kind of in each corner of the triangle. But I believe him because he's just such a normal credible person who doesn't walk around talking about this stuff it was just he knew we were doing a paranormal podcast and he's like oh yeah i i got a story that's cool but he wouldn't <laughs> he wouldn't share it on the show so that's cool he wanted to keep it on the down low very cool so that, that and i think part of the reason it's probably my favorite story is because i i know this person i i don't know i've never seen one myself but hearing a secondhand story is pretty good i i want to say i did when i was a kid but i don't really remember I just saw this weird thing in the sky. I don't remember if I know if it was a UFO or what. Mm. But the one that I would say is the most credible UFO sighting, in my opinion, is the Phoenix Lights. Mm. Yeah, because they so have the footage. Many so many people saw it, and and them trying to pass that off as military flares being dropped is just yeah. ridiculous. Crap. It's it was not military. I wanted to actually save the Phoenix Lights for a my favorite mini mystery because mm. I'm really fascinated by that. But that is, I think the Phoenix Lights are the most credible. UFO sighting that I've ever known. So there is a found, I think we talked about this, a found footage movie. Um, I think it's called Area 51. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, you've mentioned that I to think me. it starts with the Phoenix Lights. If I'm thinking of the right movie. Oh, no, there's another movie. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Area 51, though, was really good. It was actually really creepy. I'm kind of convinced that so many people have made have there have been so many sightings of this triangular craft mm -hmm. that I really think that is a government craft of some kind. It could be. I really think it yeah, is. I don't know if I think it's alien. It's very plausible. But so many people have seen this thing, and everybody says the same thing that it hovers. It goes slowly and super quietly. Yeah. That it makes I no think sound. it's I think it's a government craft. But, it's gonna bug me. I have to look up that movie. Now. But I think that is probably my most credible one. But there's been a couple. Like you and I talked about this when we've talked about unsolved mysteries or paranormal witness when they have ufo stuff on there that anytime that you have a group of people in different areas that all see the same thing right that to me says that 
hundreds of calls to 911. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you have cops see this thing, when you have hundreds of people call 911, you know, as opposed to when you have somebody drinking moonshine in the woods that sees a light in the sky and thinks it's a UFO, you know, so I think the more, and there's been some that have had a lot of really good, reliable witnesses. Right. I think this movie might have been called Phoenix Forgotten. It's a Ridley Scott film. Never even no, heard that's that. not. I don't know. It's there's two movies. One is called Area The 51. Phoenix Incident. No, Area 51's different. That was about people who were sneaking on the base. And it was really good. It was a found footage I one think, too. I think I think I'm getting out of the found footage movies. I think they annoy me now them. more than They have to be done well. Again, Willow Creek people. Found footage <laughs> Bigfoot movie. Bigfoot found footage movie yeah, Willow Creek. I thought it was really good. It really creeped me out. I've watched it a couple times. I'll have to check it out. But yeah, in my opinion, Phoenix Lights, Krista's is her friends. I've had friends mm-hmm. that have had UFO sightings too and alien sightings and stuff. Really? But I mean, I believe them, but I just think that so many people saw the Phoenix Lights. There's so much footage of it. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that they're, alo- they're trying to cover it up alone, saying that it's right. flares, shows right. that it's something that we're not supposed to know. Right. And that fascinates me too, mm-hmm. because I'm nosy and like to know things I'm not <laughs> supposed to know. So very good questions, you yeah, guys. love it. We got time for one more question tonight. It's a threefer. It is a threefer. <laughs> so keep the questions coming, you guys. These are great questions. Mm-hmm. Question number three for the evening is, both of you, what is your number one hobby slash interest besides the paranormal? Hmm. I, I have to think about that. Hobby besides... The paranormal podcasting <laughs> i mean seriously this isn't the only podcast i do yeah you are kind of a podcaster <laughs> yeah i do a podcast for work um paranormal palaver it happens to be about the paranormal but i'm also working on a true crime podcast so i guess this is a definitely a hobby because i don't get paid to do it well except for work i get paid to do that one i don't know i mean yeah, that's probably it. You kind of like crafting stuff. You're kind of yeah. like with crafting. I'm really into um, designing too, like home decor. We're about to, in the next couple of years, we're basically going to tear our house apart and I'm designing everything, like from the flooring to the tiles and st- stuff like that. I just have an eye for that sort of thing. So that's sort of a hobby too, I guess. Very cool. Yeah. How about you, Kurt? He said, no, not paranormal. So I would have said ghost hunting, obviously, for both yeah. of us, but that's paranormal. Video games? <laughs> Did you like my Fortnite? Yes, I did. I did. (laughs) On the strangers, I think. I'm kind of starting. Fortnite is starting to like people on there are so good now that I suck even more. So Mm. I'm not losing its charm. Plus, there's an RPG that I've pre-ordered that comes out on Monday, Mm. Dragon Quest 11. So that is going to I've heard of Dragon Quest suck up a lot of my time. So Fortnite's going to go on the back burner for now. Geocaching, duh. That was going to be my answer. Is geocaching? (laughs) Uh, Our geocaching group, Turkey Time. Turkey time. We haven't gone out lately because we all have conflicting work schedules. But well, how many have you gotten now? I want to say 2029. We That's found 2000. We have. We wish we had a map of our travels all over oh, Wisconsin be so because cool. we have been all over. And I, I'm assuming everybody out there knows what geocaching mm-hmm. is. But if you don't, other geocachers hide a little container somewhere, and they post the coordinates for it on the geocaching site. 
and you download them to your GPS or you can use your phone and you go out and look for it. But you said handheld GPS is way more accurate yes. than your phone? Yes. Okay. And you go out and look for it and when you find it, it always has a piece of paper inside that you sign that your group found it and then you log it and count it as a find. And it can be it can be hidden in like a statue or we have, we've found ones that are as big as a pail it's like a camouflage pa- uh, with tape camouflage tape around it pail in the middle of the woods and we have found ones that are literally smaller than your pinky nail like stuck in a tree stuck or something. in a tree you really yeah. have to have an eye for what you're looking for yes and some of them are just creative as hell there was one we found that was a fake plastic piece of bubble gum that was stuck underneath a picnic table that and you had to take it crazy. off and it had a container inside of it and at in manitowoc there is a dog park by the lighthouse and there was one out there that we could not find for the longest time and finally found out that it was a fake piece of dog poop <laughs> that you had to turn over and it had the container door on the bottom oh that's funny but some of them are hard some of them are really hard uh some of them are just stuck in a guardrail on a road you know, like we found one that Aaron and I, one of our favorite ones was it led us, t- we were out in this woods and the coordinates led us to this clearing where there's like nothing there. And the coordinates said we were dead on, but we're in this opening and there is absolutely nothing there. So we're like, what the heck? We, we crawled on the ground on our hands and oh knees looking to see if it was like stuck in the ground and we mm-hmm. couldn't find anything. So I got annoyed and I walked off a little bit towards the, the trees so I'm standing near this tree and I'm looking at the tree and I, I see what I think is a garter snake. So I kind of like jump a little bit and then I look again and I see it's a cord. So I unwrap the cord from a tree and the geocache had been up in the tree branches above us and you had to it loosen the cord and then lower it down from the trees above the clearing. That's crazy. So it's like that. And there's some very, very hard puzzle ones. So it's just fun. It's it's basically a treasure hunt. And a lot of the caches have little trinkets or toys or little doodads in them that when you find it, you can take one out and replace it with another one. Mm. Like I have a friend that collects uh, My Little Pony things. So whenever I find one in a cache, I take that out for her and I replace it with like a Happy Meal toy or something like yeah. that. Uh, when I was dating my ex-girlfriend, we were the first ones to find a really, really hard puzzle geocache that was out for, I think, a year at that point. Nobody had solved it. Wow. I was bored at work one day, so I was working on it, and I realized that a jumble of letters that came with it were the scrambled names of decommissioned battleships from the Manitowoc area. So then I had to go look up all these ships, and I had to use the ship's number and plug some of those numbers into the coordinates, oh and we God. finally found it. And because we were the first ones to find it, there was a $20 bill inside of it Dang, for us. Nice. So, yeah, we found walk, like little Walkmans and little MP3 players and, you know, like gift cards people put in there. So it's just a lot of fun. If, if you want to do something fun and want to try a different hobby, try geocaching. Gets you out in nature. Be- yeah, it does. It's got me to places in Manitowoc that I never even knew were there. And you might see Bigfoot while you're out you there. You might see, yeah, if you see Bigfoot out there. Just saying. Snap a picture. Yeah. Good picture. Bring, and bring some pepper spray in case no. he's aggressive. <laughs> no. He can't sneeze, though, so you might be screwed. Yeah, get a clear picture. None of this yeah. blurry crap. Jerky, jerky stuff. So, wow, thank you guys for the questions. Well, you also do armchair, like... Uh, armchair treasure hunts. Treasure and that's kind of like geocaching on a bigger from scale. Because Liz from The Strangers and I are big with the armchair treasure hunts. And I know we've talked about it on here where 
like one of the first ones was a book called Masquerade that came out in the late 70s by Kit Williams in England. And he was a painter and he had these paintings in the book that the book told a story and it had every page had a painting. And if you could decipher the clues in the book, you would figure out where a gold rabbit was buried in the ground. Hmm. And since that, there's been a ton of books that have come out where somebody hides something and the clues are in the book. And if you can find it, you get it. Hmm. You, it can be prize worth a million dollars. It can be fun little things. But Liz and I are super into the armchair treasure hunts, but they're really hard. But if you're hiding a million dollars, it's going to be really hard. <laughs> of course. I want to try that hunt a killer thing. I know. I always, just, I always, I don't, I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if I have time for that. Oh, that'd be so cool to actually do a podcast about your, you know, your journey through the whole hunt. I'm sure there's thing. podcasts out there about there's it. There's gotta be. But yeah. It just looks so interesting. Maybe one of these years you and I should just do that. Yeah. That'd I mean, it can't fun. cost that much. I don't know. I feel like it must because they send you like a lot of stuff. Yeah. There's cool, so though. many cool monthly subscription boxes. There's yeah. like paranormal themed ones where... Really? Yeah, where you get like different ghost hunting equipment every month. And then there's the cryptid one because somebody had that in the Strangers. Oh. Where every month is like a different cryptid. You know, like one month will be the Mothman box. One month will be the Sasquatch box. Well, maybe someday someone will just sign it, us up for it and it'll show up in our P.O. box. That would be... Hey, <laughs> what's our P.O. box again? Do you want to tell our listeners? I would, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> We need to have like a little card that has all of our info yeah, on we it. Do. <laughs> He's actually pulling up an Amazon box. Here we go. Thank you, Melissa, for the box. We have <laughs> our P.O. box is The Strange Sessions, P.O. box 434. That's 434. Manitowoc, Wisconsin, 54221 0434. We've been getting stuff there. We yeah. get postcards. So thank you guys for sending us stuff. But we definitely love postcards. Definitely love anything you guys send us. Non-perishable snacks. Non-perishable snacks. Anything within reason. <laughs> anything legal. <laughs> anything legal. Please feel free to send us. Yeah. So I think that's it. Yeah. That's all I got. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. As a reminder, send us a story for we our next We need stories episode. for our listener submission. We'll just start making them up if you guys don't send us stuff. <laughs> like we do everything. Like, we, <laughs> like the whole Maura Murray episode. <laughs> Basically oh, just made that Just thing when up. I'm starting to forget about that episode. <laughs> um, so yeah, Be let us frito. know what you guys think. Leave us comments. Send us email. Send us stuff to our P.O. box. Nothing creepy though. Stop drunk at our house at <laughs> 3 o'clock a.m. Kurt's address Kurt's is... Kurt's address is... <laughs> I need to come up with a fake address. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Main Street. <laughs> Main Street, like we said last time. <laughs> In anywhere Wisconsin. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I want to live there. <laughs> so from the old school media studios. That's still standing. That's still standing and hopefully does for quite a while. The sun is shining, but according to Krista, we're in for 10 more days of rain That's, and storms. Yeah, so I guess. We'll see. <laughs> hopefully. I don't know what we would do if this place vanished. We'd find another place, I guess. It just wouldn't be the same. Nope. We got to see the donkey tonight outside the we window. We did. So that was, that was awesome. so exciting. I had to interrupt Kurt mid-sentence to because come the look at the donkey. Because the donkey was visible. We've heard it. We've just never seen it. So now we've seen the donkey. I took a picture. I'll post she it on did. the strangers. She did. Post it in the group. So from Krista and I, until next time, stay, stay strange. strange.
This has been an Old School Media production, executive produced by Kirk Konechny. For more information and content, please visit strangesessions.com.